But praise the Lord. He's worthy, amen? Yeah. You know, we've been, I've heard it often said that, that uh, you know, since it is Black History Month, that we as a people have been very forgiving of our oppressors. I think uh, one of the areas that we fall short is forgiving each other. Well, maybe that's just another All right, I'm trying to get acclimated here. Thank you. Okay. Well, the Lord started dealing with me a little while back, and uh, I, I, don't, I don't think it's an accident that we started to deal with the subject of deliverance. For several Sundays, there was a scripture that dealt with how the man came to Jesus, and he's saying, sir, can you help my child? I, I took him to your disciples. They couldn't, couldn't do anything for him. He said, the, the child has a, a spirit. He needs to be set free, and Jesus set him free. So oftentimes with us, one of the things that stands in our way is that when we're, we're processing, when we're dealing with something that somebody has done to us, it kind of leaves us in a state of flux, if you will. And so during that time, we, 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 we tend to rest on our laurels and, and wait for an opportunity to, to be better without really doing anything to make it better. When you got an offense, it has to be addressed. Okay, what I'm gonna talk about tonight or, or the, the subject that I believe God has given me is forgiveness or rather the positions of forgiveness because you indeed have to be in a, in a right kind of position to be at a place where you can forgive others who trespassed against you and to even be re receive forgiveness. And so what I was saying was that sometimes with the, seemingly it seems with the church that we rest on our own laurels and we fail to we fail to forgive, and I know it's not a popular subject, and I know it's not a, a subject that maybe it doesn't apply to any of you, but I've seen times in my life where I've gotten to a place where um, I, wanted some, I wanted to exercise some vengeance. I didn't want to forgive, but you know, this is one of the most dangerous places you can be because you don't want to get in the way of God. God said, vengeance is mine. I do the repaying. You don't do the repaying because you, we, we got limited capabilities. I can find fault in a lot of things and a lot of people, but it's mostly me. 
It's mostly me that I can find fault in. When I'm looking at somebody else and picking them apart, the spirit who dwells on the inside looks at me and examines me. And then I've got to be true to what place I'm in with him. Let's just look at a little definition of uh, forgiveness just to get started here. When you, when you think about the word forgiveness, what comes to mind? What comes to mind? Letting go grudges and bitterness. When someone care about, someone you care about hurts you, you can hold on to the anger and resentment or embrace that I got from the Mayo Clinic of all places. And it went on to talk about how if you don't forgive, that it can produce bitterness inside you and cause uh, health defects. It can cause your health to deteriorate by not forgiving. Okay, another secular definition, to cease to feel resentment against or claim to requital, um, to grant relief of payment. When you look at this word forgiveness, I, I think of it in, in two ways. When you talk about the forgive part, that's your part. That's when you say for, forgive, it's for you. Forgiveness is not for the person you're forgiving, but it's for the one, I mean, it's, it's not for, yeah, it's, so it releases you. And we're going to look at some scripture in just a minute to kind of clarify some things. But that's the portion for you. When you give, you extend the olive branch. It's more blessed to give than to receive. It's true. Even with forgiveness, when you forgive. And I say that there are four positions in forgiveness. One being acknowledgement, two being confession, three being forbearance, and fourthly, deliverance. So when you look at this, it's necessary to see it for what it is. When we look at the Lord's Prayer, it says, I'll... I notice I don't have anybody putting up the scriptures, so <laughs> I better read it. And this is a this is a prayer or a type of prayer, a form of prayer, as a as a guide for you to utilize and, and to, to go by. I believe it's um, Matthew chapter six. Matthew chapter six, verse nine through fifteen. Now, when you look at it in Luke, he says, when you pray, therefore pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not let us, or do, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil or the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive, if you demand their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men in their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So it's reciprocal. It requires an action on your part. It's not something that comes through osmosis. It has to be intentional. When you forgive, it has to be a practice. It has to be something that you, in, you intend you intended to do, not by accident or happenstance. So when you acknowledge the fact that someone has, has offended you or there's an issue, what you've done is put yourself in a place of being honest and being true. Okay, now I'm in a situation where I've got these hurts and somebody's done something to me. What's my response? You can't ignore it. If you ignore it, just like the Mayo Clinic said, it has the possibility of growing into something, becoming health issues. But I say a root of bitterness will grow if you ignore and fail to forgive. The second portion of this talks about confession. When you confess, you're also being honest. It talks about it in John chapter 4. It says, the time is coming and now is where the true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. Also, and it says in 1 John 1, 9, if you confess your faults, he's faithful and just to forgive you. Not only faithful and just to forgive you, but to also cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He'll put you in a position where your life is set on the right track. But if you hold unforgiveness towards somebody, it puts you in a position where there's going to be some repercussion and consequences. And perhaps that root of bitterness will grow several things. Let's look at John chapter 20, verse uh, 23. St. John. Well, let's start with verse 21. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. I think the, the Message Bible says, for the last word, instead of saying they are retained, they say, what are you going to do with them? What are you going to do with the unforgiveness? So when you forgive, it releases you 
from the trespasses that the other person's committed against you. But if you don't forgive, it says that they are retained. They have a, 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 a remote possibility of being something that you'll partake in after that. If you don't forgive and release, it has a tendency to come back on you. This third thing that I was talking about was forbearance. When you think of forbearance, you think of a, uh, a banking turn, perhaps. Maybe that somebody's house is going to, or getting ready to go into foreclosure, and the bank's decided to put it in forbearance to give you a chance to work your way out. I believe the grace of God, that's what he does for us. Instead of judging us and condemning us when we're in a fault, he gives us every opportunity to come out of the fault. And so that we can walk straight and upright, circumspect. And so, since God does this, all the more reason for us to forgive others. And with, with this grace, he allows you a time to get it right. So that you don't continue to withhold or to hold something. But then, I don't set the terms of how long that grace stays there. There's a, there's a possibility that judgment will come if you decide to walk in that way for too long. And this forbearance means withholding punishment. But he always gives us a way out. He always gives us a way out. And when the scripture starts to talk about this fourth thing, deliverance, he gives us every opportunity to be in a place where we can serve his purpose in our lifetime. So, but sometimes we get entangled with the affairs of the world and it causes us to be uh, bound. We could be bound by things, we could be bound by demonic forces. But if we don't put ourselves in the right position, then that's what can happen to us. Let's look at uh, James chapter 4, verse 7 through 12. I don't know what page James is on. <laughs> I got to put the mic down for a second. If somebody else has it, they can read it and I'll, I'll keep, I won't have to keep searching.
That's yes. Yes. So when he says submit to God, what do you know to do with regards to whatever you're dealing with? When you submit to God, it says that the next step would be to resist the devil and, and he'll flee from you. It's kind of like what, uh, what happened with Jesus. He said the devil came to tempt him and then he left him because he found nothing in him he could use. But if there's something inside of you that the devil can use, he's going to hang around, and he's going to use it. You can't let him drive. You can't let him ride because he might want to drive. <laughs> Deliverance simply means to set free. And, and I'm talking about this thing of forgiveness because it plays such a vital part in our lives. We're forgiven. We're put in position to serve the true and the living God because he's forgiven us. How much more should we forgive others? It may seem easier to trust him than to trust somebody that you have to see that's brought an offense in your life. So we need him and we need what he's already put in place for us to get us through those things. When we trust in God, the word of God as we receive it washes over us and it cleanses us from all unrighteousness and it causes us to be put in the right place with God. So even when there's a spirit involved, the word can disrupt and break up the plans of Satan so much that oftentimes when a person gets right with God, a lot of spirits leave at that time. They don't hang around. Deliverance comes. The same way when you forgive and you walk in forgiveness, it's a place that you walk in. It's not a place that you visit. It's a place that you live, kind of like repentance. We, we live in a place of repenting because there's things we know we've done and we things things that we don't know we've done. It has to be revealed by God. You say, well, I didn't even, I didn't think that was something that was an offense to God. But when you find out, it's necessary for you to get it right. So we have to repent. And when you repent, you turn away. That's 180 degrees and go in the, the, the opposite direction of the thing, the offense or the sin. But when you when you think of it and say, well, I made a 360 degree, you turn right back into the same thing that you were involved in. So we must turn away and walk away. Even, even though you're in a situation, God doesn't leave us. He promised never to leave us, but he promised to stay with us and not forsake us. And so even when we're in a situation where we turned and walked away from God, God pursues us. He says, I got a covenant with the backslider. And I'm set on pursuing them until they change their mind about me. 
I'm set on it. What, in God, what God intends for us and, and what we desire could be two different things, two diametrically opposed things. But God loves us so much, he balances our lives and puts us in a position where although we may not know, he puts us in a position to receive from him and to learn. And when we learn and receive of him, God causes things to be set in order. And when they're set in order, your life will never be the same. But you'll move in the direction that God desires for you to move in. There are four positions in forgiveness. Acknowledgement is necessary to say that something has happened. It's necessary to recall some things that have happened. You know, the one thing I did not see and all the things that I looked at regarding forgiveness was forgetting. It's just not our makeup. We don't forget. But God says, in spite of what you remember about what happens to you or happened with you, he still wants us to walk in this place of forgiveness and to forgive and to practice this thing of forgiving. Because sometimes people are offended and they walk away and they carry that offense. And that poison can, can, can infect a whole church because somebody has a root of bitterness. They've been left to themselves. He even goes as far as to say, when somebody has an offense against you and you know about it, what did he say do? Go to them. It's necessary to interact with each other. And sometimes it won't be the very best interaction because sometimes you have to work through some things. But it's necessary to get things right. When I started to look at this subject, I couldn't do it without examining my own self and, and reviewing some things about me. It's been a tough time these last few weeks because it seemed like is there anything that's right? Is there anything that's right? Maybe that's a good place to be in, actually, because now I know what I need to do. And repentance works for me just like it works for you. And I could have used a little bit more time to develop what I'm talking about or the subject that's on my heart, but I really sense that, that this is what God desired for me to share with you, the positions of forgiveness, acknowledgement, confession, forbearance, and deliverance. And he wants all of those things to be a part of our lives. We must acknowledge, we must confess, and we must accept the grace of God, and deliverance will come.
And I'm going to stop right there because I'm a little bit, uh, I'm having to do too many things to kind of pay attention. I really should have been limited to not talking from this paper, but uh, I wanted to make sure I covered those things that I had written down. Thank you. Amen. Amen. That's something God wants us to be aware of, the significance or the importance of, of having a clean heart, a pure heart, and a heart that's open to him. In order for that to happen, we have to be at a place where we are not holding anything inside. And it does cause, it can cause psychological and even physical challenges is when you hold something inside and you don't have that release, but first of all, you release it to God, and then you go to your brother or sister to make sure that whatever that issue may be, that you go and get that corrected or straightened out so that you're not holding anything. And the responsibility, you would say the onus would be on their part to come to us, but it's on us oftentimes to come to them and to make sure that at least we've done our part in making sure that the line of communication is, in fact, open. So thank you for the word. Thank you for the reminder. And uh, we just uh, want to practice that in our daily lives, and our daily living. So uh, I believe that even this is something you don't have to do publicly, but privately. Uh, as I mentioned on one of the messages, I think it was last week, about self-examination, introspection, making sure that we're looking in, inside of ourselves and to make sure that if there's anything that we may be withholding, in fact, be honest with you, is not when we do introspection, God will always show us something. He will always show us something. It's not a matter to say, well, uh, if you, if there is <laughs> anything, you say, since there is some things uh, that God want us to overcome and he want us to get beyond that uh, we just have to do some introspection and to be honest with ourselves and with one another so that we can make sure that whatever we need to correct or need to say or do, that we're about doing that. So, Father, we just pray that even now that you will begin to, to pinpoint those things within us so that we're not at a place where things would have to be exposed that may be happening within us, where well, you have to pull the cover off of us, but Lord, may we be so transparent that we will be willing and ready to confess our own faults and receive your grace because you'll extend the grace towards us because you're forgiving God. But then even as you are towards us, may we be towards others. So we thank you for this. We give you the honor, praise, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for the word, and uh, amen. And uh, like I said, this is Lent season. This is Ash Wednesday, beginning of Lent, the very beginning of Lent. And during Lent season, it's a time of sacrifice, too. 
people make sacrifices. We come to the place that what, uh, you know, I know the fasting, but it also can be a thing that you, you want to make a, you want to make a statement to God that there are some things that you would place him above that may be something that you have, uh, it's a habit, or it could be something that, even a necessity, something that's necessary, but in that, uh, making that particular sacrifice. I've been thinking about it too. I've been thinking about it. I said, Lord, there are some things, you know, when we do a thing the same way, the same, the same thing the same way over a period of time, it's hard to let it go. But then the power to do it, you have to ask yourself the question, do we love God more? Whenever we do it, you don't do it just legalistically, not just legalistic about it, but do I love you more than this? Do I love you more than whatever this particular thing is? And when you, when you, when you make that kind of sacrifice, what you're saying, during this time, I'm going, instead of doing what I would normally do, I'm going to spend that time uh, in prayer. I'm going to spend that time in seeking you and asking you to, uh, for a deeper relationship. I want to go to a deeper level with you during this particular time. So there have been times we've been calling a, a, a cross-the-board fast. But this, I want us to just ask God, how do you want to handle this particular season leading up to Easter? So that we enter into Easter, uh, you would have, you would have uh, uh, said to yourself that you're placing God uh, before all others. And then ask him to give you the strength, give you the strength to... To, to resist whatever that particular thing is. So, uh, and, and I would say, uh, husbands and wives, uh, don't, don't fast intimacy. <laughs> but, but I was asking that question one time. I said, what about husbands and wives? They said, but if anything, draw close together because you want to uh, uh, talk about things during this time. Speak of things that you need to speak of. Let this be a time where you are transparent with one another, even in your conversations. That's what true intimacy is about, is when you can be transparent, when you can talk. There are some things that you had not talked about that you need to talk about. You talk about forgiveness, that's how it works, too. You see, true intimacy, when you say intimacy, first thing you think, sex. No, true intimacy has to be with transparency. And we're talking about things that you have not spoken of, you've not talked about, things that... You need to share with one another. You see, this is a good time to do that. Good time to have those conversations. And then, with the attitude that when you have these conversations, if there's something that come up in the conversation that uh, you need to forgive, you need to release, then by all means, let that happen. And I can assure you that as you cross the threshold into uh, after Easter, or during Easter season, or during Easter rather, I, I believe that it's going to be a, a, uh, enhanced because of the fact that of what God would have done in your relationships. And the same thing, if you can give up whatever this thing that you're willing to give up, the same strength that it takes to give whatever this thing up that you're giving up is a strength that can be used in such a way to move you forward in the things of God. So uh, use this time very wisely, prayerfully, and it's not, not just giving up, but prayerfully. I think I shared with you the other week about uh, my messages are out of the overflow because it's not just a matter of saying, okay, I'm going to pray. I have times of prayer, 
but not just times of prayer, but you want to have a prayer in your heart, in your, upon your lips at all times. You see, when you have those moments, that's a good opportunity to just whisper something to the Lord. And, and you'll get to the place, at one time, it wasn't as easy as it is now, but as you build that relationship, it becomes easier and easier and easier to, 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 to be transparent. And when you pray now, when you pray, don't, don't be formal. I, I've been teaching on this a long time about don't be formal. Don't, don't, don't go into your prayer language. I mean, not say prayer language. I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. Your, 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 your religious language. <laughs> don't go into your religious language. But talk to God the way you would speak to a friend. Speak to him as you speak to a friend. Uh, can, I, can, I, can I be transparent? Let me help you understand what I mean by that. You see, I'm married uh, to Francine. And when I talk to her, I don't, I don't say, I don't keep calling her name, do I? Francine, uh, 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 Francine, I want you to know, Francine, that this such and such a Francine, uh, uh, Francine, I want you to, Francine, she'll, she'll think I have, uh, what's that, what's that, what's that thing, <laughs> Tourette's or something. She said, because I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the same thing over. No, when I speak, you can speak plainly, speak clearly, because when you, when you put on your religious hat, then it's easy to get into that kind of rut whereby you, you, you have one face before the Lord, another face before others. But when you get real transparent before the Lord, you just open your heart. And, and when you open your heart to him, you best believe his heart is beforehand is open to you. So, so I'm just giving you a few pointers. I've gone over this many times. But, but let's, let, let's talk to God with sincerity, earnestness of heart. Uh, that's just one part of it. And, and regularly, on a regular basis, not just uh, on, on those times that are designated for prayer, but, but when God, when something happens. Uh, you see, I think I told you, I'm glad we, we, you have those, uh, those phones now on your watch uh, and, and phones with stuff in your ear because I can talk to God now and folks don't think I lost my mind. <laughs> I might be in the car just talking, Lord, I just thank you for what you just did, in fact, for showing me this thing. I, I had never seen it this way before, and I'm talking to the Lord. Yeah, I had never seen it this way before. Somebody looking, they're looking, who is he talking to? Well, you don't know I could. <laughs> could be talking to my watch as far as you're concerned, but I know I'm talking to. So, so uh, we want you to learn that. We talk about just transparent one another. Also, transparency with the Lord. Let this be a time. During this Lenten season, let this be a time of transparency with the Lord. So, uh, if you get this, we want to, uh, I, I can guarantee you, God is going to do great things in your life as a result of that.